Hello, listeners. Welcome to Episode 9 of the International Game Developers Association Twin Cities Chapter Podcast. That's more than a mouthful. Um, I'm your host, Ryan Foss, and with me tonight is Jackie. Hello. And Tori. Howdy. Hi. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about, uh, local and whatnot. Um, What have you guys been up to? Well, I'll go first. Um, I hired Tori. He's now part of my cult. Yay! <laughs> Which is the secret project we can't talk about. And um, <laughs> uh, all the Minnesota Cup stuff is now done and over with, and we're back on focusing on the business. And we've also hired um, two artists, and we're looking at a programmer, and things are chugging along. Um, yeah. Cool. So I'm assuming Tori's doing sound then. Is that right? Tori's, or, yeah, or? yeah Tori's, Tori's doing sound. Cool. Well, I guess, Tori, what have you been up to? Well, I got <laughs> hired by this one company, which is pretty cool, which is pretty cool. Um, I'd been pestering them for a while, but subtly, and uh, but it all worked out. It's subtle? Yes. You call it subtle? <laughs> Well, I like brought him. SD cards and we went bowling and everything. I mean, it was. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> need Wiki to explain all the inside jokes, and we're only on episode nine. That's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So that was really cool. So I've been um, trying to get my feet wet and learn uh, learn how everything works a little bit, and I've actually um, been inundated by voice work recently, and I'm trying to wind that stuff down, but it's been just this crazy bombardment. Um, so I guess that's good, because so it's, it's all repeat business, but I just wasn't expecting it, and got thrown at me, so... Uh, Anything you can quit your day job for? Your day job for? No. No. But uh, I, I'm hoping... Oh, anyway, I, I've, been, I've been busy. How about that? Let's just leave it at that. Oh, so that makes me think you haven't worked out the salary business yet with the uh, Jackie side of the house. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know. Those are a lot of uh, positive negatives right there. All right, cool. Affirmative uh, negatory. No, yeah, I've been I've been super busy, and uh, I'm looking forward to working on some some audio stuff. Yeah, it sounds like you've been doing a lot of that. <laughs> it's because it's what you do, right? That's, 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 a good point. that's awesome. You have a point there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping that you're willing to do some audio stuff for some of our games. Oh, we're absolutely. Sorely lacking there. Absolutely. Ryan, what did, what have you been doing? Oh, um. I had one whirlwind of a month, actually. I, I built half of, the, of an arcade cabinet yeah. and um, been sort of running with that community project stuff, built a bunch of prototype games uh, Do you have to a try out. Of those games? Uh, yeah, the community project sounds really interesting. I've been watching the email lists. Yeah, I'll, uh, well, I'll get into that a little bit. Um, I guess no time like now. So, yeah, all right, so I had asked, you know, if anybody's interested to to come on board and, and let's, you know, try to make a game together or whatever. And there's a couple of really strong members that are really interested and they're, um, 
kind of like I would call the the heart of it now, but they're also like it. <laughs> like at first, the first uh, month we had, we had um, I went under ten, but you know, like maybe like eight of us all talking about games and stuff. And then the next month was uh, I think five, and then since that, it hasn't really grown. It hasn't been a lot of interest. Um, I'm not exactly sure why or how to expand on that. I'm fearful that like the Skype thing might be a turnoff to some people, but I don't know. But anyway, we've been meeting monthly or weekly on Skype to chat, and we actually um, have had some success with with uh, making a game. And cool. It's right now. It's called Escape from Hack, and I demoed it um, at the at the meeting, September meeting. Which, um, Jackie, did you were you there for that part of it? When we played no, I got there at the very, very end. All right. So. Yeah, I, uh, sick. Oh. <laughs> I don't really know how to feel about my presentation. Um, so we did a live demo. I was so happy that somebody actually came down and played it with me. But it, it felt, especially in like front of an audience playing this game, it felt like it, it drug on for a long time. But it's really hard to be, uh, to know how that actually went. I've got to watch the video and see how it went, I think. But, um, well, you usually do a really good job with presentations, so I probably went better better than you're you're thinking. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I felt a little off this 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 last presentation. I thought it went okay, but you know, I should probably put more time than like a half an hour into my presentation material. <laughs> I um, it was uh, it was one o'clock in the morning Tuesday night, and I'm like, maybe I should quit programming this game and work on that PowerPoint. So I did that. I think I spent more time putting Captain Picard into a giant button <laughs> than I did on the rest of the PowerPoint. Did you see that, Jackie? Were you there for No, that? I totally missed that. Now I'm sad. And the button said, make it so. <laughs> That's awesome. That yeah, is awesome. I figured out how to put buttons on, um, on uh, PowerPoint slides. To actually launch applications and videos and stuff, so I had a that number. That actually of... just sounds like a great button to just like have like on a shirt. Yeah, I don't know about that. If, 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 you're, <laughs> if you're willing to lose all dignity. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could you have three Captain Picards <laughs> howling at the moon? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, that needs to happen. Seriously. <laughs> Actually, what it, what you need is three Rikers with the beard. <laughs> howling at howling at an image of Captain Picard in the sky. <laughs> that's really what needs to happen. That's not too bad. That's that's like totally lady killer right there. <laughs> I don't know about that. But <laughs> <laughs> have you ever read the comments on the Amazon page for the Three Wolf Moon shirt? Yeah. Oh, yes. Gosh. Yes, they're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's definitely we were off the rails. <laughs> that's early for us to be going off. <laughs> well, before I go back to the community project, I did want to talk about. Uh, I played some Dead Island, a little bit of Dead Island. Do I so. know. Well, Zach. Had rented it. He he does. Zach Went, the IGDA Twin Cities president. He had rented it with GameFly. He does GameFly, mm-hmm. and so he conned me into quick grabbing it at Redbox. 
and so we met up a couple nights and played it. Um, you know, I was kind of lukewarm about it. I, I the idea of it's kind of neat, but it just didn't grab me very much. It's um, it's being touted as like a a uh, Fallout, like Fallout New Vegas meets Borderlands kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I will say it's way more fun to play in a group than it is to single player it. Sure. Because it single player is actually kind of hard <laughs> in comparison. Yeah, I believe it'd be nice to have somebody backing you up. So I, I wouldn't give any real strong recommendations of Dead Island, but it's a, it's worth checking out. And then one other game I did want to mention that I played actually a lot of is Angry Fish on the Xbox Indie <laughs> Games. <laughs> and it's totally an Angry Birds knockoff. I mean, really an Angry Birds knockoff. But for some reason, I like the interface a lot more than, like, Angry Birds. Huh. But my um my four-year-old is absolutely obsessed with it. So when we saw Angry Fish, we had to do it so he could play it on the, the Xbox. And it's only... Two worlds with, I think, 21 levels each, so a total of 42 levels. And, and we, we played it straight through for two hours. It's actually pretty neat. But he, uh, he saw the yellow fish, or yeah, the yellow fish, and he knew exactly what it was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm kind of sort of jumping off and end right here, but have you, have, you, um, have you guys heard of Open Faint, or sometimes just called Faint for mobile? Yeah. Yes. They sponsor um, really great parties. Oh, cool, cool. <laughs> I, I've just I've started maybe using that a couple months ago to just kind of keep track of stuff, um, you know, for various games I've been using. And, um, and I actually posted something on Valve's website, or Steam's website, saying that if you guys don't get into that game pretty soon... Uh, I'm not trying to be some person saying, listen to me now, but it was just sort of a... It was already part of ongoing discussion. I was like, if you don't get in the game really soon some you're not going to be able to catch up very quickly cuz mobile i mean mo- mobile's taken off like like crazy and especially as as it gets gets more and more developed i think there's going to be a lot of cross pollination between the different um different sources so i think it's going to be really important to have that, that You mean like a like an open faint tie-in to your steam achievements and stuff? No, i mean it, steam making steam being steam mobile yeah, oh, but didn't right, Valve say that they had no interest in that whatsoever? They may have. I don't know. They may have. Yeah, I think they actually just came out and said that. Like, oh, okay. I want to say this, they, the very end of last week or this week, I remember reading it, um, the headline anyways, on uh, one of the bazillion email news sites that I get emails from. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, And, and the other reason to bring that up, too, is... Uh, I had to wipe my phone, and I lost all my Angry Birds. And oh, no. That doesn't get saved anywhere. I, I no. Found out, I found out very, very sadly, and I was like, oh, my God. I'm just not going to play it anymore. <laughs> right, because you don't want to start over. Yeah, because I'd, I'd done the stupid thing where I'd get, get three stars and everything, and uh, I don't know why, but I did. And now it's like I, I can't go back to it because I've lost too much. <laughs> Several of my open faint games. Um, you know, I just they just reinstall themselves, and th- maybe I didn't have the same save file, but everything I'd accomplished was still there. So, yeah, I don't know. That was kind of disappointing. Yeah, actually, that's been one of my my biggest disappointments. Um, and I think I've talked about this before, like with uh, 
Peggle in particular. Like, I played the hell out of Peggle mm -hmm. um, on a different computer. And then um, where I was to the point, I was like, you know, Grandmaster, like, cleared all... I mean, I did everything. And then... <laughs> and I'm glad I took a screenshot of it because afterwards... Um, you know, I had to reinstall the game, and then, of course, all of that's gone. You start over from, like, ground zero, and then, um, you know, you put it on your phone, and you start over. So I paid, like, ten bucks or whatever to put it on my phone. I won't even play it, because it's like, if I don't have that owl, I am not playing. <laughs> I'm not playing without the owl. I want my Zen owl, damn it, and I'm not going to, like, go through all of these, like, all of these maps all over again to get my owl. So, What does the owl do again? It's it's Zen ball. So you get three balls or something like that? No, no, no. It's it's oh, the like prediction it, or yeah. It just right. it, it like it picks the best path. Okay. Based on um, it adjusts you to hit the most. It's like, I love Zen ball. It's just it's so me. All right. Well, I'm sure we've mentioned it before. I Peggle just did not connect with me for some reason. I appreciate I, um, the game. Plants vs Zombies did, but. Yeah. Oh, I played the hell out of that, too. But now I know it's like I won't take... I mean, Bejeweled is fine because, you know, the way Bejeweled works, it's not a big deal. But, like, um, yeah, I won't take Plants vs. Zombies onto my mobile stuff, even though it's a super fun game, because I don't want to start over again. I want all my stuff. Yeah. Which is actually one of the problems we're trying to solve at Seant, so... Mm, gotcha. Got to keep all your stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to, I want to be, you know, literally mobile. Not necessarily like my stuff is on, you know, one device that I'm walking around with. Like I want to be able to go to any device. Here and it is. Yeah. You, you, you just tell people the passphrase that they have to type in. To <laughs> <laughs> like, like the old Nest stuff. Yeah. So like, instead oh, of save God. games, you just have to go type in quirky. <laughs> and then it knows you're oh, at level no, eight. No. Right. <laughs> totally. So, yeah, but you know, I think I think that's I think that's really starting to become important because with all the games out there and all these applications that we have to make the most of our time because we're doing more and more things, we don't we can't we need to have everything tied together to be able to access stuff from everywhere and work seamlessly. Or as seamlessly as possible, so that's that's really going to start becoming important, I think. Yeah, I agree. So, well, I wonder, like, let's say you're you're PopCap Games, right? And you've got Peggle, and somebody out there is a little bit upset that oh shoot, they don't want to play Peggle anymore because they've beaten it all, and the version they have now isn't beaten. So, do you want to actually appease them, or do you want them to maybe consider, well, maybe they should try one of our other games, you know, Peggle Peggle Returns, Amazon River, or whatever. The, the next release is, or like, I wonder if there's some reason to. Well, I think it just was never. It was just it wasn't designed that way, you know. And it used to be much more difficult to. True. To do yeah. that kind of thing, and now it isn't. So. Yeah, but you could end up with accounts everywhere. Not that that's like, bad, but I wonder. Like I, I don't know. Sorry, I'm just like my mind's. Well, I mean, but that's kind of like. Technically, like, that's kind of, like, how Steam is to a certain extent, right? Like, 
you can if you if you were to lose the game or you could download it again and reinstall it. It's like kind of the same idea, but you're just doing that with your save games. Yeah. Well, I think that the cloud will make that better. Yes. Right. Yes. There's the cloud, and that's you know, it, honestly, companies should be utilizing that more. Yeah, I definitely see it as a it 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 to me could be good, especially if like you know you lose your Xbox, you don't lose all your saves, for instance. You know something. Uh, actually, I've experienced. Um, have you guys have you guys been to that the website Newgrounds before? That's a bunch of Flash games. Yeah. Like that? Yep. Um, there's another place called um, uh, what was this called? Like Congregate Machi Games or Machi Games? Okay. Machi Games, and that actually let me cite. I find this really interesting because I think it, it kind of applies to what we're talking about. But there's there's a game on there I was playing called Zombie Assault, which is literally you're assaulting zombies. Um, and uh, I was playing it on Machi Games, but I like Newgrounds interface a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, but on Machi Games, it allowed me to sign in with my um, my Twitter account. Yeah. And when I when I when I went into Newgrounds and started playing it. It was linked somehow, and uh, so it, it, everything I'd, I'd earned in on the on the Machi account was carried over to my Newgrounds account. So uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I kind of like that. There's a lot of I've, I've noticed this more and more. Is like your Google identity, Twitter identity, or Facebook identity, kind of like you're able to persist those around. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure there's more, but those are the ones that that I have that I've uh, used to sort of. So, so it must be connected in some way. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think I like that. That is cool. All right, but we're way off topic. <laughs> Perhaps we should uh, bring it back around. We can talk a little bit about September's meeting. So I know that Tori, you were out sick. Yeah. And uh, Jackie was pretty busy, so she missed a good portion of uh, the beginning and then had to leave before the end. But um, triple booked. It's tri- triple booked. Triple booked day. You had to miss the the after bar too. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of sad about that. But. All right, well, I, I actually I actually enjoy the after bar a lot. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's funny because I just I like lean back and listen in and and it's such like video game history nerd talk. It's just awesome. <laughs> never before you know it's pretty cool people talking about graphics cards and 8-bit games and all right anyway let's let's i'm going to start backwards so we'll start with uh zachary johnson presented his game apestronauts Uh, and i'm hoping i'm pronouncing that correctly but he just sort of uh i believe him and a small like two other people they were part of a 48-hour game jam is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I can't remember what it was for, but it was for a specific Java. It was for uh, um, I want to say Node JS. Okay. But the idea being that it was a networking thing, correct? Yes. Yeah. So the the game they made is kind of that classic uh, Canon versus Canon on the hills, or you know, I guess when I was in high school, there was a game where you were a monkey and you threw exploding bananas at the other monkey. 
<laughs> so that's what this is, except it's like a, you're, you're standing on a planet, a moon, and then there's a number of players, and you're all able to throw bananas around at each other. <laughs> and it's uh it's networked and it was pretty neat. Unfortunately, we were we were unable to get the networking to work because um, we had hoped that like the audience could play on their laptops as you know Zach presented, but um, that didn't work out. The wireless didn't work. And the 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 presentation was actually pretty interesting. There was a lot of questions. It was it was well received. Cool. It's very very interesting. Yeah, and he um. One of the most successful things I've seen is, is he solicited for like opinions and ideas about stuff, and <laughs> it was extremely uh, reactive. The audience was definitely into it. Oh, very cool! Very cool. Um, and then before him, another Zach, Zach Went, presented a. He he called it math primer for non-math folk. We just uh, <laughs> <laughs> something like that, and um, boy, I don't really know what to say about a math presentation when when uh, I don't know. I I thought the review on Dot Products was actually really well done, and one of the things I am particularly jealous about was that the internet did not exist when I took calculus, and so. <laughs> Nobody was making all these awesome, like, Java visualizations of functions and things like that. And seriously, if people can't pass calculus now, there's, like, I mean, how can you not? I mean, you have the Internet. There's no excuse. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. I, I, I passed calculus one and two without a scientific calculator because I couldn't afford one at the time. So if you can't pass calculus now... <laughs> right, right, right. It's like, I think I just totally did the the both, like, get off my lawn, and I went to school walking <laughs> uphill both ways together there. <laughs> Jab, kids! My, my Calc 2 professor said he'd uh, flunk you if he saw a calculator in class. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he was a purist. He was awesome. He looked like Santa. My and Calc 2 professor didn't speak English. It no. was really frustrating. <laughs> Sounds like you had my programming uh, uh, teacher for also. <laughs> oh boy, we probably better not go down this memory lane. No. <laughs> when when you couldn't pause TV. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, anyway, yeah, it was the dot product thing was was good. I always forget. I don't use uh, dot products often enough, and I know my my buddy Bill. He's not mathematical at all. In fact, he, he'll look at programming. He'll go, no, like it, you program x equals x plus one. And he's like, that doesn't make any sense. And I try to explain to him, and he goes, no, it, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, you're looking at it in a mathematical way instead of a programming way. But um, he, he, Bill leaned over to me and asked, you know, why would you ever need to do this? <laughs> and so I, you know, just rattled off a couple ways quick, and then Zach came out and did more too, so it was, it, was, it was pretty interesting. It's a very difficult thing to like suggest to somebody that the dot product is the shadow of the vector onto the other vector. It's projection, and that you know most people their eyes will just glaze over and go, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> but he did a good job explaining that you could use yeah. it for um, knowing if they're converging or dive or like coming together or going towards each other or or quickly and um. That sort of stuff. The um, 
the the order of rotation things. The the basketball demo, like I knew oh, the exactly. basketball demo was awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I'm gonna have to watch this video, folks. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, what I liked about the basketball demo in particular was that one, I would have never really thought of doing it that way, and two, it's like I think even somebody who doesn't understand math would really be able to understand that easily like that you can't just go backwards um yeah when you do your order of rotations in in math it seems really weird that that you know that it has to be so order dependent so it's kind of neat to see it happen with a basketball so yeah yeah that was cool Um, the only complaint i had about it was that it wasn't really showing very well it was hard to see like i had a hard time seeing the, the actual difference but I knew it was there. I knew what was happening. But so, and then I liked his little Tron draw circles demo. I thought that was kind of cool too. But that's pulling out Java programming he did ten years ago. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if he ever did any teaching or anything like that. I should ask him if, what the reasoning for him with, was with that to have that material. All right, and then the. Uh, Moving on, the project before that was um, interesting. <laughs> Your project? Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I had gotten there um, 5.30-ish, and I brought the arcade. I actually brought wood wood and controllers and buttons and stuff, and I set up in the in the corner there and, and um, was hoping to do a bit more um, playtesting and stuff, although... Um, didn't really get to it as much as I had hoped. A few technical problems, but nothing too bad. But it was pretty interesting because we, I set up the arcade, got the TV or the monitor going, the games going, the controller. Um, Zach Johnson had provided me with his Commander clone game. You guys remember that when he presented that a few months ago? The like uh, Ak- Akabara HTML5. Oh, yeah. oh, I missed. I missed that presentation, unfortunately. Okay. Um, yeah, he provided me that game, so I got that working, which <laughs> actually consumed a lot of time on my part. But um, So anyway, I had built the wooden cabinet. I had figured out how to trick my keyboard into thinking buttons were pressed that weren't pressed. I got a bunch of programmed... I programmed um, or hacked at a number of prototypes and then also got the uh, the community group game and demoed it in the presentation. So it it went okay. It's a little difficult to have that big giant controller on the podium, though, and not be able to see the presentation I'm presenting. Sure. So I felt like I was looking over my shoulder a lot, mm-hmm. which is probably why I, I, I don't feel awesome about the presentation. But <laughs> <laughs> like I mentioned earlier, I, I'm looking forward to seeing the video to see. If, if it's in my head or not. So we got to do. We got to find out a way to do that, kind of like the um, the weather people do it. So that way you can you can control and play your game and eh, and still see this giant thing behind you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, you know, most people like uh, Zach and Zach didn't have any problem because they had their laptops on top of the podium. But in my case, mm-hmm. I had the yes. big giant, my big giant blue arcade controller on top of the podium. <laughs> And my laptop was like on the floor at at my knees, so um, 
I don't know. That's just one of those. That's actually part of the reason why I want to present too, is just to get a little bit better and more fluid at that. It's good practice and put putting it on the on the uh, you know making it have to happen, which is partially why I want to do uh, a little monthly drop of status too, to also get other people to have sort of like a deadline as well. So yeah, the community project thing I think is going okay. Um, I was hoping to drum up more interest after this this month, but it didn't seem to have worked. But we'll keep at it. Have you have you settled on a game yet? Yeah. Well, okay. So after the first meeting, a um, a proactive member named Ryan, not me. Um, had an idea for a game, and he went home and he prototyped it. And then when we had our first like uh, meeting where we all talking to each other, he presented it as a potential, and it's a great little idea. Yeah, it's a um, Mr. Driller-inspired action climber two-player game where you climb and drill the ceiling out, and if you're not certain parts of the blocks will fall. It's really hard to explain. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's best if you see it. Um, Boy, it you know it's still in that prototype phase where there's some bugs and the art's not there and <laughs> but it it's definitely got potential for for interesting interaction and that's one of the things that I think is really interesting is like how you can take a game like even something like Pong and and may, and if it's two player it becomes more interesting because now sure, you're yeah. you're standing there with the person um, in a way that. Even, you know, the modern gaming of the Xbox on my couch with people across the country or state, it's not yeah. quite the same as standing there and being able to elbow the guy you're playing with, you know? <laughs> so that's some of the most fun gaming I've ever had is the split screen or the or the, or the the arcade-style stuff, you know? Mortal Kombat's and stuff of my youth where there'd be a group of us and we'd queue up a little pyramid of, you know, game rankings and then see who's the best in that, that evening or whatever. Mm, yeah, yeah. No, that is cool. So that's that's what had consumed me that month, with, especially with my prototypes. I was curious if, if they had potential to be fun or not. So, And I wish we had more time together, actually, as a group to do that sort of thing. So we're, we're contemplating, like, some live get-togethers or something like that. Which I think would be be helpful, especially for playtesting. It's you get such a different, uh, or I should say, such an expanded synergy when you're you're face to face. The brainstorming That's true, process yeah. is so much better. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, I was hoping to get some of that at the at the at this before the meeting, um, and I did. I shouldn't say that it didn't happen. I did, but um, it was sort of more shotgun instead of, like, focused. Sure. Because it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like, hey, come see what we got. And then we were just playing with this, playing with that, all over the place, you know, showing this, describing how that worked. So it wasn't, I wasn't, wasn't able to be honed in on anything. And that's fine. Um, but, like, one of the games I tried it, we didn't, nobody even, we n- I never tried it t- with somebody else. I had taken this um, airplane simulator and hacked it to be two-player and shoot giant blocks at each other. But I was never able to see if it actually had potential as a, you know, let's expand this and see if this little dogfighter could actually be an interesting experience or not together. But I'll bring it again uh, 
next month. I'm debating whether to bring the uh, the wood or not because it's sort of a fiasco, but we'll see. Um, one the other thing I should mention is uh, Zach Johnson. Um, he's very, I'm sure you've noticed, he's very interested in that 8-bit kind of style. Mm-hmm. And so he was super excited about seeing his game on the arcade system, which is why I'm like, yeah, I mean, if somebody's interested, by all means, let's get it on there. And so I did. And um, there was a little bit of floaty button stuff with that, and it turns out it's because I had a like a 15-foot USB extender and an extra keyboard plugged into it and a mouse. And was, anyway, so it wasn't playing exactly right. But um, I mention it because he's a member of a local art group, and we're going to make the Winatron happen. So That's cool. Yeah. What are you, you going to call it? The Minitron, I guess. Zach mm-hmm. Zach registered the name. You got an you got an idea? No, I, I mean it's like yeah, we could have named it something less copycatty e, but okay, yeah. you know, it's your project. It's fine. Well, <laughs> you know the 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 Winatron, like you know, if you want to be part of their network thing, they they request that you name it Winatron and then like Minneapolis, right? Oh, that's and that's they, really, yeah, that's it's horrible. That's what they require. Yeah, right. I, I totally agree with it, with what your statement. You know, I just think that it should be like the Indie Arcade Network. This whole, like, champion the the Winitron thing is kind of, you know, I don't know, whatever. It's fine. It's actually not not, not bad. But, um, yeah, it's making, name it like the Minitron. I, I, I can't come up with a better name than that. I don't know. I, I thought it would be interesting if the nerdery had, had sponsored it with my original pitch. I was like, we'll call it the Nerdatron. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was a pretty cool name, but um turns out that the Nerdery can't if it was at the Nerdery it can't qualify as a Winatron Indie Arcade Network machine. So it needs to be in a public place. So Zach's gonna help me with his community of his little art community he's in, he's involved with. Um find a place for it that's in public and move it around from maybe bars to bars or a gallery or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's all to be TV, TVD, but. Hmm. I don't know. I have to think about it. A better name than Minitron. Yeah. Does it need to be Tron? Like it doesn't need to be Tron, right? I don't know. I'd have to look at the, I'm sure we could name it. Just about anything. Um, it's just going with that theme. Everybody's calling it, you know, whatever. Let me. I'll, I'll go look quick here and see what what the other ones that I know of are. Ah, dang it. Because <laughs> I mean, if you think about like you know um, stuff from that time period, you had like Ataris and Coleco and. I mean, there's, like, all kinds of other names. It doesn't have to be Tron. Um. But, you know, I'm not even involved in this project, so I'm just going <laughs> to stay out of it. Here we go. So there's the <laughs> the Winitron GFS, which is the Griffin Film School in Australia. Edmatron. Uh, Winitron IRL for Ireland. Winitron RV for... What is RV? Boys and Girls Club in Edgar, Arizona. 
Um, That's esoteric. Winnetron Plymouth, Winnetron Italy, Winnetron Battle Creek, Winnetron Chicago, Winnetron Asheville, Autotron, Winnetron NYC. So they're all keeping the um, the same sort of the Winnetron thing. I thought there was more that were named differently, but apparently not. They're all Winnetrons. So, I don't know. There's the Torontron, which is the Toronto one. <laughs> oh, man. Torontron. That's just, yeah. Cannabalt? No, that's just a game. Yeah, that game's pretty cool. Actually, that guy's awesome to follow on Twitter. It's pretty neat. Adam Atomic. Okay, anyway, where were we? So, Winnetron, hopefully coming to the Twin Cities somewhere, probably built by me. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I'm waiting for a couple things to sort of flush out, and and then me and Zach will... Well, there's a Burgotron from Pittsburgh. We could become really popular and call it the Pornotron. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of false advertising. <laughs> yeah. I think people would be really disappointed, and then they would rage. It depends on Rageatron. Rageatron. <laughs> All right. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, you know what you could be is the uh, the Winnetron ten thousand. The ten thousand. Mm-hmm. Oh, because of the lakes. Yeah. Oh, there you I go. Got, There's I got it. Eleven thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Be yeah. 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 Eleven isn't as funny. <laughs> but they're both in the future, so it's all good. All right, so that's that's how that meeting went. Um, I think for not having a, a headliner, so to speak, and it kind of coming together there at the end, um, it turned out pretty well, actually. Yeah, it looked like there was pretty decent turnout. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was just goes to prove that that you know the group actually makes it interesting as well. So, yay! Thanks, group. You're awesome. <laughs> we do have a good group. We really do. Yeah, and it is getting you know a little bit bigger. I was um, I know I was sort of worried about it being a low turnout. Um, but it but I was delightfully surprised at the number of people that showed up. So. It was good. Well, and I mean, you know, even like this whole year, it's been really good presentations. Um, you know, it's been pretty consistent turnout, and we've been a very reliable group, and we've got, you know, the website and social media stuff going on and the podcast, and it's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's sort of funny because we walked in the bar and we're like, yeah, we need a table for 11. And I'm like, 11? And I remember like going to these meetings, and it'd be like me and Zach and 
maybe two other people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes it'd be just like a couple times it's just me and Zach. I'm like, wow, this has definitely changed. Yeah. And that's awesome. Like, in fact, a lot of those people, they were going to the meetings too. They just weren't coming to the bar. Oh, gotcha, sure. And some of that, you know, is, you know, the meeting is just interesting, a little bit of networking or whatever, and they want to get home and do some work too. But now to the point where it's expanded where they're they're actually, you know, social and out to have fun with and everything too. It's it's great. It's a good problem to have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. So the one negative about it is you get the long table, so you end up you can't have you can't talk with everybody necessarily. Sure. But yeah, and we all were there till like twelve thirty too. Wow. Yeah, it was good. You missed it. Ha ha. I did miss it. How sad. All right. We should probably uh, transition into uh, some news items. And one that I thought was, was pretty interesting that, that impacts, you know, all over the place is this uh, recent Netflix business. You guys have any opinions about that? You mean Quickster? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we should probably... Uh, just to uh, summarize it quick, Netflix um, used to have a started out as a DVD service, and then they expanded into streaming, and they had the two kind of bundled together. So you'd have streaming and DVDs, and that was fine. And then they split those into two separate things. So you know, it used to be like ten ninety nine or eleven ninety nine, and then they broke it into two seven ninety nine services. So one was for streaming, and one was for DVD rental. And so they broke that apart. And so the internet went a went a roar with price hikes. And um, it was recently announced. Um, I got a personal letter from the CEO of Netflix explaining the situation. And they are breaking the DVD business off completely. So they're going to be total, two totally separate things. So Netflix is going to be only streaming, and Quickster is the new name for Netflix DVDs mailing service. So, the internets are a roar with it. <laughs> and um, in addition, the Quickster service has announced that it's going to have video games in their lineup. For, uh, I think it's a couple extra dollars, but you can actually get PS3, um, Xbox, and, and Wii games. Now, do you know if that $7.99, I know that's for the... That'd be for the one at a time. Does that include Blu-ray, or is that still the additional charge? I think Blu-ray is an additional charge, yeah. So it'd be like, I think it was before, too. It was, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I was actually sort of like okay with it, because when they announced it, I'm like, oh, cool, there's a reason for me not to keep this DVD I've had for a month and a half any, <laughs> anymore. <laughs> you know? I felt obligated yeah. to find DVDs to watch, and... um. The streaming has been great. For the streaming's way I, been fab for me. Yeah, and I, I do understand like people's complaints about it because you like try to find something new, um, and there's not a lot to choose from. It's not like you. It, I don't think it can be your one source for watching movies, but I think it's pretty decent, especially its television shows. So I yeah. love that. It does make it really easy to watch television shows, for sure. Yeah, I'm currently um, watching all the Eureka episodes, because I've never watched those. So. Yeah, I, I burned through those earlier this year. 
I'm waiting for them to expand past the 43 episodes that they have on there. Yeah, I'm in the middle of season two right now, so we'll see what happens. So you know, since since they're um, they went streaming and their their DVDs is picking up games is kind of going to compete with GameFly. Wonder if eventually they're planning on going hand to head with OnLive or something like that with the streaming content eventually. Yeah, I wonder. They're, with GameStop and its recent thing lately, you know, they're obviously going for it. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly, like. Netflix already has a lot of the infrastructure already in place and engineers and I mean it would be a much smaller leap for them to do streaming than like you know on live to kind of basically build it all up from scratch and not have a real way to test streaming because they've only they're only doing it on a few games and it still seems to be like in its kind of prototype stage so I don't know. I think, I mean, it, it seems like a natural fit it, yeah. for Netflix, you know, moving into that kind of online or on-demand entertainment, so to speak. Yeah. And do, does Netflix, do they have any exclusive, like, Netflix licensed shows or stuff like that? Or is it all uh, third-party content, essentially, that they do? I had heard something about them starting their own but I'm not sure. It was my understanding that, like, some of their, like, stars stuff, the stars stuff is, like, done in collaboration with Netflix so that it gets to Netflix faster. Or, like, Netflix has it exclusively um, they first. They just lost stars. Yeah. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that could have been true before, for sure. Yeah, that was, I maybe maybe I have the wrong name mixed up, but that was my. There was like a few. There was somebody doing episodic stuff with Netflix that Netflix had like the first, um, you know, exclusive rights to show first or whatever. Oh, I'm sure. But it'll be interesting now because it seems like before they. We're always trying to balance the DVDs and have a little bit of a reason to have the DVD service. So, you know, DVDs would come out before they would come out for the streaming. So I wonder if the streaming is going to get get better now so we can stay competitive with the other services like Blockbuster and Hulu and stuff. I think I think Netflix, the problem they're having is getting the providers to put their money there or to let them put their content there. Sure. I think that's where the, the trouble's coming in. I think that, you know, Netflix, they put you know, whatever they wanted on there. Like, I, I, I remember hearing that Sony had pulled all their mm-hmm. videos, you know, they weren't letting it appear on Netflix, um, specifically when the Netflix launched on Xbox. I believe I heard that. Oh, gotcha. So you couldn't watch Sony stuff on Netflix on your Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. I'm, I'm going to stipulate that. But um, I, I do know that... You, at least it's my opinion that Netflix would have more to offer there if they could come to the agreements with the uh, the copyright holders and stuff. I agree. I agree. All right, so something well, like... I think, too, that, you know, games don't have the same kinds of royalty issues that movies and TV shows do. So in a lot of ways... Um, you know, streaming a 
And, and maybe the law will change and people will negotiate contracts differently because of the streaming aspect of games. In fact, I just thought of that, and I don't know why I hadn't thought of that before. Well, there used to be that, that service that it didn't really stream them, but it let you, you'd pay, you know, the monthly fee or whatever, and you would um, download the games. I can't remember what that was called. Was that Gamefly? Did Gamefly do that? GameTap. That's what it was. Mm, gotcha. Um, so we got that for my kids, and it was generally older games, and what it was is that, you know, you could download some game, an older PC game, and play it on your PC. Sort of emulated, if necessary. But like a, on live and um, the upcoming GameStop service, whatever they call themselves, um, you actually have to purchase the games in order to play them. Okay. Yeah, but even on OnLive, you're not purchasing... It's not the same price, though, is it? I remember... Well, I haven't looked in a while. I was part of the beta testers, and when I went on there to beta test, they wanted... Uh, fifty dollars to play Arkham, Arkham Asylum. Okay. The Batman game that was like out, and I thought that I'd be able to like, you know, get a deal or something. But it was literally the s- same price or more than what I could go buy it at the store. Well, then, yeah, then that doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you're no, gonna. No, it was I it mean, was it was really painful at the time because I'm like, ouch! How are you gonna? How can you possibly do this when you're not? You know, I have a, I, and we've talked about this before. I have a physical attachment attachment to the things that I have like I want that disc and that box um, <laughs> and to pay more for it to, and not get those things sort of bugged yeah. me you know and it I wanted this service to see how it worked but um, I couldn't find anything that that you know sparked my interest enough to actually try it wow it might be different now but I would rather do that stuff through steam where there's you know yeah well, I have a PC that can do that though too. But the idea of you know playing Crisis over the internet's was was interesting to me. And I have heard that their on live is producing a console that you just plug into your TV. Like it would be like a, just a mini computer, and it just plugs into your oh, TV like a console, sense. and then you can do your. Yeah, I don't know if that's out or coming or what. I should probably look into that more. No, I, I heard that OnLive doesn't isn't really living up to the potential of you know you're basically streaming a game maxed out you know like anti-aliasing at 256 and, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't actually think that's the case, but um, I don't know if you get to change the uh, settings or anything either. I don't know. Oh, I've I'm never sure, tried it. Yeah, I'm sure you don't get to change the settings, but I just heard that. I mean, like uh, the original concept was essentially. At least the way I I heard it is that you and I was really excited about it. Is essentially you can have a really crappy computer, but since it's all streaming, you can have these amazing graphics on essentially essentially a client, and you're just sending input back and forth. Yeah, you're just but I've, seeing video. You've been doing the video back and forth. Yeah, which is definitely an interesting concept because all you need is enough to run that video. Yeah, and but you, I've heard it doesn't hasn't really lived up to the hype and the fact that you don't have these amazing graphics really yet. But I don't know. I haven't done it myself. Well, it's got to be streamed and compressed and uncompressed. And yeah. I, I've heard that like racing games are a little rough. They get a little mm-hmm. bit blurry. But <laughs> I, don't know. I, I definitely think that the future can be there. Like it can, ha- it can move in that direction, where you 
you know. It it will be. I, re- I honestly believe that that is the future. Uh, it'd probably be longer than any of us think. Yeah. But um, I, I mean, I I well, I enjoy putting together PCs. Um, <laughs> I, I I I wouldn't mind paying like fifty bucks a month. you know just a service where it's constantly upgrading in the cloud and well that's the probably the ultimate thing is that you just end up with this interface that runs a computer somewhere else yeah you know yeah and you rent the software that you run it's kind of like it's almost like you know history repeating where you end up with like the mainframe and dumb client kind of thing except it's not except it's not green (laughs) (laughs) I remember a friend told me some years ago he said the future isn't in hardware it's in software yeah to the point where hardware will be free and I thought he was crazy at the time but it you know as I thought more and more about it it became more and more apparent that yeah that's kind of true actually it's uh interesting times yeah absolutely so um you know speaking about on live and GameStop um you guys heard about that little GameStop hubbub with uh, them removing the coupon from from Dice? Is it Dice X? Dice? Can't Deus say it. X. Deus, Deus X. Deus X. Amadeus X. Yes, it's yeah. like Amadeus. Yeah. Amadeus X. Amadeus. Amadeus. So anyway, yeah, GameStop. Amadeus X. <laughs> so <laughs> you guys, all right? So the what had happened is GameStop. Um, had Deus Ex uh, PC games and they opened them up, removed the coupon for uh, for OnLive. Um, I don't know if it was a free, uh, like a, you know, you buy the PC game, you also get the online version, or if it was a two-week demo, I don't know what. But they took the coupon out and then resealed the packaging back up. And um, I, I just think that that's hilarious. And they got caught. And it was a big deal. Now, I think GameStop's in the right to know what they're selling, you know, and and to have, you know, be able to sell a content that doesn't have a coupon or whatever in there that they don't want to sell, I think that's fine. But I think that them opening the packaging was was beyond their right. Well, I guess I guess it depends because they, um, uh, you know, they in their requirements when they when they're ordering software, they may have actually asked all companies not to have those kind of inserts in there. And if so, I guess. I, I I might deem it within the rights, but I don't I don't know. I, I don't know the background, you know. This I don't know the details at all. Well, the um, the the issue I have with it, and GameStop kind of has a history of this, is the opening of new product mm, and sure. then reselling it. Sure. With you, you know, being tricked into thinking it's new product. Sure. And um. Yeah. Yeah, I went in and bought a, a game for my niece once, and. It was brand new, except they had un- unpackaged it and removed everything for me and then reassembled it in front of me. Oh, gotcha. And I said, you know, can I get a new one? <laughs> and they're like, well, this is the only one we have. And I said, can you go shrink wrap it for me? <laughs> so he went to the back and put the plastic on it. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, that's awesome, you know? <laughs> so, because... Oh, well, you guys have heard that GameStop was allowing their employees to take new games home, play them, and then bring them back and sell them as new. No. Yeah, that that they um that had happened. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, that's yeah. Definitely not right. 
but apparently it was one of the benefits of working there is you could do that. Jeez. And before we get, you know, I don't know exactly the whole situation of that, but I believe it was allowed. But I know that, um, let's see, it was Square Enix, I believe, is the maker of Deusex. Um, I believe they even apologized for the for the mix-up or whatever, but I, I don't know how you appropriately handle it, but it still seems really wrong to me to open that up and then resell it as if it never was. Yeah. So. Those jerks. Well, that, the the issue I had they had with it, I guess, is their you know forthcoming on live competitor service. You know, they bought some streaming company and they're apparently getting into the idea of streaming games. So, no, they, I, I know they they bought. Was it Impulse that they bought? I mean, that that was more Steam like. That wasn't it wasn't on live, but they probably bought that about a year ago. Uh, Spawn Labs. Is the one that I've heard. Oh, okay. But but I don't know who, who did you say impulse? Yeah. Um. Was. Oh, did did they buy? That's ringing yeah, a bell. I'm wondering if that. They did. They bought impulse. Okay. Supplying impulse. Okay. So I guess they're they're gonna try to get the best of both worlds. Get a Steam competitor and a uh, and an online competitor. That's a smart move. Yeah. Is is OnLive even solvent at this point? Um, I don't think they've. Are they even? They haven't released to the public yet. There's some beta, aren't they? I'm not sure. Um, I, I think that they've had actually more success than I would have expected, but. Oh, it looks like they're up and running. I was under the impression they were still in beta. They're they're IPO. They're a public company. Oh no no online no they're privately owned still. Yeah, it looks like they're charging. Full price for most of these games that are coming out. See, I, I kind of thought that the service was one of those things where you pay a monthly thing and then you just uh, you can pull it, you can stream as much as you want. But apparently, you literally buy each game. Yeah, I had I had thought the same thing that you would end up in like this rent or you know um, try before you buy sort of thing. Like you'd get an hour with a game or something. But um, after that initial, when I was in the beta test group or whatever, I I just didn't even do it because um, they were asking for, you know, you had to buy and the the selection was kind of <laughs> stuff I had on Xbox sitting in the sure. sitting in the box I hadn't played yet. Um, definitely interested in that as a technology though. Like following that has been something I'm interested in. I should try it one of these days. But well, it looks like they do have like a subscription service that has on demand but then it's not like the newest new stuff. No, do they they might offer like a a discount or something. 
you know, if you're part of the member services, you get 10% off no, on purchases or something like that? No, it's called, um, let me get there. I no, think it's just, just like packs of games you can buy. Okay, it's the Play Pack Bundle. 90 plus games and limited play exclusive discounts, just nine ninety nine a month. So you go to learn more, and then there's like all the games listed here. Okay. Um, go to all Play Pack games. And there's many pages of them. Um, and like Borderlands and Bioshock is here. The original Deus Ex is here. Not even. Um, I just found out I have that on Steam. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like Homefront came out earlier this year, and that's on here. So I mean, it sounds like um, this is more of like the Netflixy types of part where. You're playing the stuff that isn't right. Yep, that that's not the new releases that now is kind of in that trickle in the money. It's past right. their their yeah. Which actually is kind of cool to, and I might do this because I, you know, some of these, especially some of these older games, they don't run really well on the newer Windows. So I wonder if that would make a difference, um, since you're basically playing it in a browser, right? I'm not sure if it's their own application or or if it's a browser. I don't think it's a browser though. I, th- I would expect that you run like a some sort of client or launching client. Interesting. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll try it for a month try in my copious it. spare time. Yeah. Let us know how it goes. <laughs> Whoa, that's loud. There we go. Sorry. Yeah, they had Comcast balance the sound for that. <laughs> yeah, with which actually you bring up the evil empire there, it makes you wonder how they'll start to handle this sort of stuff. Well, they're already talking about possibly, you know, doing bandwidth caps and stuff um, for people. Yep, and they can make it so, you know, that um, it's difficult to do Netflix and Hulu, but it, their service is always open. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the sort of crap they're going to pull, and then they could do the video game, well, whatchamacallit. Do, they do have streaming um, on demand, like, from your computer right now. Well, and what about smart TVs, though? I mean, that's going to be huge. I'm convinced smart TVs are going to be huge in the next two years. Absolutely. Can you buy a TV that's not smart now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you totally can. There's only a couple brands that are making smart TVs. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm only looking at the uh, Best Buy ads or whatever, and every one of them comes with, you know, Netflix and Pandora on it and whatever else. I know that my... those, Those are all usually on the higher end ones. Okay. Yeah, which would be, you know, what they're advertising in the Best Buy ad or whatever. Yeah, I always look at the Best Buy ad just to see how many TVs they advertise as having 3D in them. <laughs> I should have, I really should have been plotting it just as a, as an example of how 3D television is going. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't, I think that's, it's, until there's like actual like 3D holographic projection type of television, I don't think people are going to care much about 3D. 
Right. So, so you can physically walk around it, then then people will care. Which actually would be freaking awesome. Although, if you, I bet most people, if if you only if you only have to pay fifty bucks more to get a, a television that's three D versus not three D, they'll probably buy the three D. I know I would. If yeah, they're going to be putting them in there just because they can. Right. So it's like a it's like an upsell. <laughs> I want a TV that like cleans my house and does my dishes. Pays my bills. Japan yeah, yeah. I want a TV that has a freaking job. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. All right, we we need to swing this podcast back onto to to game related subjects. And and, All right. and I have one of okay that that, <laughs> that I think is freaking awesome. Um, Do tell. I remember seeing a TED Talk a while back about how gamers can change the future. You know, like how can we take those people that that spend all that time in WoW solving fantasy problems and make them solve real world problems? Yes, Jane McGonigal. That yeah, was her TED Talk. Great, a great talk. And like, I know that there's this like, well, you know, how do you do that? How do you make it so they, you know, find alternative fuels or something like that? Well, um. A recent thing came out in in hit the news. Let's see if I can find the title of it. It was um oh crap. Uh, um basically they crowdsourced. I wouldn't say crowdsourced, but gamers solve AIDS <laughs> is the headlines. Yeah, yeah. Um and so this is part of that 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 fold it is is what it actually is. Um so it was released in uh, U.S. Nature and Microbiology, um, what was it called? Na- Natural Structure and Molecular Biology released a paper in which um, they discussed an experiment they did with gamers. And so what they did is using Foldit, which if, if you guys know what Foldit is, um, it's, it's this software that sort of represents uh, amino acids, which build proteins. And... What happens is when scientists view proteins with a microscope, they're getting a 2D 2D version of it that's flat. And so what they want is they want to see it in three dimensions that they can build drugs that specifically target the shape of those proteins. And um, so what they've done is that Foldit program was developed sort of as a way to visualize those things and try to find vectors for drugs to combat those specific means. Amino acid, amino acid pairings, um, and they they did it. They they um. It, the quote is um, a fun for purpose video game in which gamers divided into competing groups compete to unfold chains of amino acids uh, using a set of online tools. And what they were able to do is, in just three weeks, they were able to produce an accurate model of an enzyme, um, and it provides new insights for the design of antiretroviral drugs. Antiretroviral drugs, um, and this is specifically in response to um, the HIV virus. So, they, with these groups, they develop some sort of scoring system on the representation of the of the uh, 
of the amino acids and then apparently these groups went off and tried to get the high score. It's a it's a pretty cool program. I actually I played with it about a year ago or something like that. I actually I still have it on my desktop. Um but yeah, it, it, and I I know they had actually they'd done stuff like um they had like weekend parties or they had like a little weekend contest at least a long time ago and you'd see who could solve this puzzle in the minute in like the minimal amount of steps mm-hmm. um in a, or the quickest amount of time and it just keeps track of that stuff and stores it all away and um I I, I think this is really wonderful this is really cool yeah and so the um what they're doing is they're trying to like capitalize on the human's intuition of things. So it's like programming a computer to play chess, right? Mm-hmm. It becomes really difficult. Even though there's a simple base number of rules, like the, the strategies become really complex. And so representing that in, in like a peer database kind of way is, is brute forces and possible, but also very ugly. Um, so they, these researchers using the, the folded program and, you know, a gamer's mentality of, of reward with score and stuff like that. And, you know, humans' intuition coming into play. Uh, it's it's pretty damn neat, I think. Yeah, uh, it's definitely really cool. And I... Well, and I especially like the... the When you get it back to, like, the, the talk about programming a computer, it's like, you know, being a human and being able to see and being able to... Um, kind of visually assess the landscape and just kind of figure out like what maybe might be the next step in this puzzle. Um, I think it's something that it's going to take a while for us to learn how to teach human or teach computers how to how to do that. Um, right, and I actually think like something like this with real world applications coming out of it, I think people would be more driven to do it. Mm-hmm. For um, sure, yeah. Yeah, it becomes this like sort of social uh, green, you know, what have you. This like, you know, I'm impacting social change or uh, scientific change by by being a member of this community and and being a very active or very good or you know have the most achievements and fold it or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. I think that that could be pretty good. And the the one struggle I was having with, um, what did you say her name was, Jane? Jane McGonagall? Jay, yeah. Um, was like finding or thinking of an actual application that that could equate to, you know, the World of Warcraft or something like that. And she had mentioned a few potential examples, but um, there was nothing too exciting to be had there. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever talked about that on this podcast before, or maybe even talked about it with you guys before, but it was kind of the motivation, um, you know, behind my company was that I, I, you met a lot of people playing world of Warcraft. And after one of our, our mutual friends died, you know, a number of these guys came up to me and were like, well, if this person didn't think life was worth living and, played video games all day it's like what kind of future do i have and it's like you have all these talents that you're expressing in the game mm-hmm. but you don't realize that that's you i mean that's you behind the computer it's mm-hmm. not 
your avatar that's awesome. It's you making your avatar awesome, mm-hmm. and and um, making that connection for people. I think that's one of the reasons why you know people get really feel really exhilarated um, playing, especially like really complicated games um, when they feel like they're successful in it. But then it, it's you know understanding that it works both ways. Like you can't be really awesome in this game if you're not actually awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you have the leadership skills or you have the you know, strategic thinking or problem solving or whatever it is that you're really good at in that game. Um, Because it's not just, you know, it's not just mashing the buttons, it's the order you mash them in and all of these other things and the timing and everything involved with it. So it's like, yeah, um, I think we need more people talking about about that, like bringing that together. It's like the same thing you do with other kinds of play. You know, people mm-hmm. go through role playing, like you know, even at in a corporate job, you go through like these like role playing scenarios. Like salespeople do it all the time um, to you know build teamwork and learn things about your potential customers and blah 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 blah. It's like why wouldn't video games be the same it's it's kind of strange and i'm glad that there's this kind of paradigm shift in thinking about what it means to play games true true yeah i think that you know that kind of relates a little bit too to some of your questions that you asked us last month you know because i know that some of the things like the moments in gaming that i really cherish okay so i was young pre-internet i'm playing Ultima 5, I think. It was the game that came with like a cloth map. And and um, I translated that language on my own. <laughs> right? I did all the... I figured out that game on my own. Um, and it was this awesome accomplishment. I It was so fun. And and part of my complaint with games now isn't that they're, they can't be that way. It's that, you know, my time isn't adequate enough to really indulge in it but like my world of warcraft experience was nothing like you're explaining you know i just mm-hmm. went and got whatever the biggest thing i could for my armor and then i you know along with my buddies read up the wikipedia page on which dungeon monster we were going to fight and then we went in and did it <laughs> and then you know it it like that whole like bit of discovery and stuff wasn't there for me yeah, well, you didn't have your your co guild leader commit suicide. Oh wow! <laughs> so. yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, you win. <laughs> you win the game of life. <laughs> I don't know about that, <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, had that not happened, it would have been the same as you. I wouldn't have never. I wouldn't have paused to really think about what playing this game really meant. So. Heavy. Yeah, totally heavy. Yeah, I don't talk about it much. <laughs> I can't believe it's like I um actually uh it's gonna be like five years and then like just a few days. That's crazy. And Wow was still there. Wow's still around. Did you uh did you meet most of your guild? Um, no. Uh. I, later, I did, yeah, I mean, there's still, like, a group of, like, about six people that I'm, like, stayed in touch with, and, like, a few of them, I helped them get back into school and stuff, and, um, 
yeah, they're like my little brothers. It's like a group of little brothers. So, yeah, most of them I met. Some of them I've never actually met in person. Um, yeah. But, yeah. You know, a friend of mine who still avidly plays WoW, um, ever since it came out, because we, we played the very first day it came out, and uh, but he's still playing, and he's, he's actually, his guild actually has meetings and, um, or like, you know, socials, and they actually fly to a central location somewhere in the U.S., and they all meet. Yeah. So most of them have <laughs> each other, which is, which is, you know, I mean, that's the only game I've really heard of that ever happening in. So, um, I actually uh, met a bunch of people from Neverwinter Nights, um, not oh, really? from playing the actual game Neverwinter Nights. Um, we, we, I did end up playing on a server because there was like server hacks for Neverwinter Nights, so you could play online. But um, through the board, like the the Neverwinter Nights, um, there was this Ladies of Neverwinter forum, and actually one of my artists is from there and my lead writer is a woman that I met from there and I actually like Mike and I flew to Belgium and we met up with Jurgen who lived in Ghent um, whom I met from the board and stuff and so yeah we've we've met I've met a lot of people from online actually wow just kind of kind of crazy because you know at the end of the day it's like it's people yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's selling magic, magic internet AIs or something. It's you know people type that stuff. Yeah. Sometimes it makes you wonder if they realize that other people read that stuff that they type. But you know whatever. <laughs> I'm pretty sure YouTube commenters don't realize that. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's a plugin for Firefox that hides all comments on YouTube videos. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I read some game developers blog saying that I saved shaved hours off my day by not reading comments on YouTube videos because <laughs> it's just crap anyway. I love reading the comments on my I do, YouTube videos. I really I do. do. Too. I do too. They're well, they're fun in a different way, but it's yeah. so like um, you know, if you take it as a measure of society, you kind of get a <laughs> a sad face, but <laughs> some of it. <laughs> Yeah. My favorites are um you know, it's usually a comment on like my character, the way like my character looks. Like you you know, it's like your character's nose is really big or like your character's really ugly and it's like I've always wanted to type back, it's like my character's not interested in you either. Like Like <laughs> 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 So no worries. She doesn't care what you think because She's not going to be having sex with you. Like, <laughs> I just, I mean, because, like, where else does that assumption come from? You know, it's like, well, I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. Like, it's like, I don't think she would want to do that either. Just <laughs> yeah. clearly not interested in you. So. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> I... Well, that's because you have videos of gameplay on your on your YouTube feed. I don't actually have that much gameplay. I tend to not upload gameplay unless like something really awesome happened. Um, Are you recording all the time though? Mostly, yeah. But I don't always upload it, so no, it's, I, I, it's mostly like conversations I wanted to remember. The only reason like I upload that stuff is because. 
I don't want to have to replay the game to watch it again. So that was why I started uploading things. And then, lo and behold, other people decided that that was something they wanted to watch too, rather than play the game again. Well, I have a, uh, in my YouTube, along with all the uh, IGDA videos, I have a, a um, giant pumpkin exploding in slow motion. With a oh, I've camera. seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, and the comments I get, which I think are always hilarious, is what a waste. There are starving people, you know, somewhere. <laughs> and, you know, that's true. There are. Um, but, like, the idea that this giant pumpkin is wasteful is was something I had never even considered. Like, look at all this food we're blowing up and you can't eat it. <laughs> and so I was feeling a little bad, and so I told my dad, and he's like, well... Tell them if they'll pay for shipping that we'll send one to wherever they want. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, that'll burn them because that is some gross-ass food and for the cost that ain't worth sending, I guarantee it. Or, you know, you could always respond something like, in the time it took you to write that comment, five baby seals were clubbed. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) <laughs> Nuke baby seals for Jesus. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I know. So, some, pe- but some people really just don't have any real perspective. No, no. Like seriously, there's there's big things out there. Why why are you commenting about crap like that? It's like, it's like, why don't you leave YouTube and take on a second job and feed everybody? Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> or don't waste your time yeah. looking on YouTube at stuff, yeah. Yeah. The, it's just best not to respond. Yeah. Yeah, oh, there's yeah, there's I always leave like the super terrible comments up there though, because I feel like it's more embarrassing for them than it is yeah. for me. Yeah, I, I don't really delete anything unless they're really crude. Yeah. But the only ones I've deleted are the ones where it's inappropriate language or or just blatantly yeah. bad. Or my other favorite is when other people start arguing on your YouTube channel or on your <laughs> on your video. Like, so somebody will say something, and then there's like this chain of replies, you know, like going back and forth where these people are like arguing a specific point, and it's like, really, you couldn't take it to like private messages yeah. at this point because you know there's like these blocks of text, like yep. they're maxing out, you know, the YouTube comment allotment, <laughs> like. <laughs> It's like they want us. They want everyone to see them arguing. <laughs> so I, I have another account, and I used it to make a a video of um. I made a video of me playing Deadly Chambers, the Android game. I played on my big screen television, oh, and it cool. and it was made as this marketing thing of look at me, I'm playing my Android phone on the TV. Deadly Chambers, Deadly Chambers, Deadly Chambers. Right? It was kind of like, you know, do you get it? Here's here's our game, Deadly Chambers, and somebody wrote. In all caps, like, what the hell is the game? Right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody commented for me and said, read the damn description or watch the effing video. <laughs> I'm like, brilliant. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Those are my favorite. So I do have a little funny, it's totally off shot, but a pumpkin funny story I could tell. Um, I, I My dad grows giant pumpkins, um, and I sell giant pumpkin seeds. Like, he gives me the seeds, and I sell them. 
And so for his birthday one year, and I had been doing this for a couple of years, and part of the reason growers grow pumpkins is they hope to sort of spread their seed. Does that make sense? So you hope that you grow a big pumpkin, and you also hope that somebody will grow your pumpkin and have success with it, right? Sure. So I decided I was going to make him a big giant map of everywhere I've sent pumpkin seeds. So I used Google you know, maps or whatever with the pinning thing, and everybody that ever bought seeds from me, I pinned on the map. And I didn't pin their exact address. I just pinned their city with their first name and then their last initial. And I wrote everybody, and I said, "I'm doing this for, right. I'm I'm doing this for my dad. Here's look at the map and see everywhere his his seeds have been. Please, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Please, you know, if you've got a little story or you had success, let's let let me hear it. You know, I was like real interested in how people did because you know the internet. A lot of people, I think, they are are fickle. They have like this real big intention but no follow through." So I think, you know, majority of it is they buy the seeds and then never plant them or throw them in there and never did anything with them. Mm-hmm. But I get this response back from this woman, and she's just icky and like, your seeds were crap, I've been ripped off, I, you know, no, remove my name, blah, blah, blah. And so I do the nice thing and reply with, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, you know, what happened? And she just bitter and starts attacking me. And um, so I look her up, um, just, you know, Google her name. And it turns out this woman was like, <laughs> she went to court for killing her dad, and Whoa. what? Yeah, she put him into a, she put him into an old folks home, collected his social security, cashed it, didn't pay the old folks home. They kicked him out. He came home, and he had drugs and stuff. She didn't give him his drugs and didn't take care of him to the point where he died. So that's you know. Negligent manslaughter or something like that. Oh, oh my oh, god! Yeah, and so that's that's like so she, oh, she didn't feed her pumpkins. That's uh, what happened, you know. <laughs> and um, I was like, oh my god! And you, how irresponsible of you to give her pumpkin seeds to like a giant pumpkin? I mean, right. she could have like she could have rolled that onto somebody. <laughs> I was like, oh my lord. <laughs> That's when I just went, all right, I'm never talking to these people again. That is really weird. Are you sure it's like the same person? Well, same name, same town, you know, small town, not like a huge town or anything. I, you know, there is possibility, but I mean, this woman was crazy in her emails and she seemed crazy in the court documents. So, yeah, I'm thinking. Wow, that's really weird. It's one of the, the... Sucky things about selling something like a pumpkin seed is that it's sort of like, well, you know, you have to understand that these are seeds, and you, <laughs> you have to put them in the ground. So you they grow. <laughs> yeah. you have to, you know, they're seeds. Not necessarily everyone is going to grow, right? You're not buying a guaranteed giant pumpkin. You have to do things with it. It is possible that you know you get ten duds, but probably not likely. Um, and if you do something wrong, it's not my fault. But <laughs> these people always still write back and say none of the seeds came up. And I'm like, well, explain to me what you did. And they're like, I know how to grow seeds. Your seeds are garbage. I'm like, okay then. I had one lady this year. She said she called me. I said I'm sorry. I'll send you some more seeds, even though she was really like forceful. But I'm like, you know, it's easier just to send her seeds and yeah. get it done. And then two days later, she emailed me back and said, I thought you were a good person, but apparently not. 
What? Because she hadn't got her seeds yet. Oh my lord. I thought I was going to FedEx them to her. Or something. (laughs) (laughs) That is... That's that's funny. Oh, That's why I've I've gotten into game development. (laughs) Yeah, because you apparently enjoy the abuse. Yeah. You didn't feel like the abuse was instant enough. Now you know. know, I'm focusing on the negative. There was a lot of positive response from it. And, and, you know, it's... it's, it's Set up a forum and, and let people talk about your games... Yeah. Unabated. <laughs> Actually, you know what you, you know what you should do with the seeds is is find uh, the other seed growers and then set up one of the like a conquer thing, where your your seeds are your your bases that <laughs> like pumpkin troops and fight each other. Yeah, yeah. For seed There's territory. Totally a game in there. <laughs> oh, it's um. Or like the one true seed RPG. Yeah. Yeah. To go. rule them all. Yeah, it's like. You are destined, pumpkin, to be the giantest pumpkin of all. <laughs> so there is one thing I learned. So in Minnesota, to sell seeds, you have to have a license. Oh. Um, and I learned this because some asshat out there turned me in. Oh, wow. And um, so the guy, like part of the Agricultural Services Department, it, 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 he's paid by you know the state to regulate or whatever. So he's like, I need to see your your product. Can we meet? And so I'm like, he was willing to come to my place of work. And so he did. And so I brought seeds and I gave him a pack. And he's like, you know, this is it? And I'm like, yeah, I sell 10 pumpkin seeds in a pack. And he's like, that's that's what you do? How many seeds do you sell a year? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe 1,000, maybe 500. Mm-hmm. He's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Okay, and here I'm talking about how I wash and clean every seed, and we market <laughs> it. And I know I've got all this information about it, and it's got this cute little fold-up hand that, that goes in there on how to plant big pumpkins and what to expect. And he's like, "Huh?" He's like, "Yeah, unfortunately, you know, you got to get a license." But this is really stupid because, <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, you know, I'm not like selling thousands of seeds in a lot which is what they yeah. they care about you know they don't sure, care right. about you know and i told the guy i'm like i make 500 dollars doing this you know your 50 dollars license is literally 10 percent of <laughs> yeah it's not yeah. worth it for me to do this anyway <laughs> yeah. um and he's like well i'm sorry but i asked, <laughs> I asked him, i'm like how did you know you know what brought this to my your attention or whatever and he goes oh uh pumpkin bob at hotmail <laughs> Damn you, Pumpkin Bob! So somebody out there with a little vendetta for some reason or whatever turned me in. You you know that's got to turn into uh, some villain in one of your video games. Pumpkin Pumpkin Bob. 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 It wasn't Pumpkin Bob. Well, I know. Well, I know, but Pumpkin Bob needs to be in your video game. Like that's just awesome. I have thought about making a giant pumpkin video game but I have no real great idea on how to go with that but anyway I, off the rails again probably... yeah we've been bad tonight haven't we yeah well it's that's alright going off the rails on a crazy train yeah that's us <laughs> yeah. this train is crazy <laughs> alright well you guys got anything else 
Oh, I just have my little little weird input thing. Uh, tonight, folks, I bring you Spaceball. Spaceball 5000 is an essential tool, uh, essential as your mouse or keyboard, giving you the ability to manipulate 3D objects on the screen while simultaneously controlling 3D camera angles and positions for viewing those objects. Essentially, you've got a ball, and you move the ball around, and it sort of moves your view of the camera. So um, it's actually kind of a cool idea because it's easier to, you know, if you're trying to move a 3D model around, mm-hmm. this is a much cooler, much cooler way to do it. So um, the title kind of cracked me up, Spaceball 5000, but it actually looks kind of like a cool product. Um, Does it have the power of the Schwartz? <laughs> no, yeah, that's what I wanted to know. Yeah, Schwartz! I know that. I mean, that, I first saw that, and you know, first I thought Dark Helmet, of course. <laughs> so, uh, taking a five-minute break, but this is, um, you oh, know, it's actually kind of a cool idea. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we have a couple of these at work. Oh, really? Like older versions of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you have the old HP one? Um, boy, the ones we have are old. Oh. Yeah, I mean, old. Ten years ago, old. But this same company, 3D Connection. So you have, like, the Spaceball 500, maybe. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, do, do they work pretty well? I don't know. Um, I've never tried it. A, a couple of people were swearing by it, but they had so much trouble. You know, where where I work, the computers are locked down pretty good. Sure. And yeah. so, um, it just, <laughs> it it just, apparently the drivers and stuff were a pain in the butt oh. to work with. Mm. Um, and I don't know why. Well, it's probably because we switch computers often and getting that stuff sometimes is just a pain. You end up falling back to the norm with, fine, I'll use notepad. Mm. You just, you know it'll work. That's brutal. Yeah. But you know, I've, there's something I kind of long for the more complicated video games get, the more I'd really like some kind of tactile experience, but I don't know how you really do that. But, you know, like, some way to, like, pick locks, like, you know, I mean, stuff like that. I would love to be able to do something like that. You want the, uh, what was that that game that came out with the impossible controller, the mech game? What was that? Oh, gosh, that, like, like $200 controller by Capcom? Yeah, what was that game called? I heard that they're making it for Kinect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what, hmm. I know what you're talking about, though. Um, yeah, there's, like, two two joysticks, and there's, like, 123 buttons or something ridiculous like that. What? Can't remember. Maybe it's twenty three. I don't know, but it was. I mean, it's like just ridiculous. There's there's two pedals. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like steel, ba- steel battalion. Yeah, it had that's... two joysticks and like an eject button and and paddles. Yeah, it was for the Xbox. Yeah, it was this crazy two hundred dollar controller to to drive around mechs. Wow. Ooh, they're making a steel battalion too. Yeah, it's, I heard it's coming from. Uh, connect or whatever. Have you guys played World of Tanks? No. We got some friends playing it right now, and they're really enjoying it. It's like a multiplayer tank versus tank kind of thing. It's PvP tanks, teams of tanks versus teams of tanks. There was Baraka add-on controllers for the Super Nintendo. Are you looking at uh, Game Informer? Uh, no, I'm at some other website, but 
Oh, it's like yeah. the strangest controllers of all time, and the number yeah. one is maracas. <laughs> yeah. The, if you if you look at uh, Game Informer this month, they had like stupidest game controllers. Not okay. stupidest, but just like yeah, most ridiculous or not useful. And they had those maracas in there. <laughs> I but, would make so many games with maracas. That would be awesome. <laughs> I think well, I might it, do that, like mar- like maracas, and then the connect with like that mind wave thing. Oh, there yeah. you like you could do. I don't know. It'd be like be like flamenco (laughs) (laughs) like flamenco hero or something i don't Uh know so what i think my favorite that they came out with is for is for some game called tap it or something like that was for the wii and you actually you put you put your wii controller upside down on the ground and then you're supposed to tap in time to stuff or something like that and uh it came with a box (laughs) <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah, you were supposed yeah. to put it in there, or put it on top of it. Yeah. Yeah, you you fold the box up and then you put it on top, of it. and then the deluxe version apparently came with two boxes you could fold up. That's, <laughs> that's terrible. That's funny. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I don't know. There's. That's interesting. Oh, oh no, no. The 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 most ridiculous one. You know that connect game where where you you know jump in that um, tube. Oh, from Connect Adventures? Yeah. So someone actually made a tube that you could just stand or sit in. But it doesn't have anything to do with Connect. <laughs> but yeah. it's for that game. <laughs> That's funny. But you can't it doesn't do anything. <laughs> it just it adds to the to the realism, I guess, yeah. of surfing white waters with your tube. Oh my god, that's funny. I love it. I, I love know that it. There were the the floor mats to help you know where your your connect zone is or whatever. But. <laughs> oh man. So, yeah, no, that's all I had. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, that concludes another fantastic adventure with the uh IGDA Twin Cities podcast. We yeah. talked about games at some point, didn't we? Yeah, there's some in there. Okay, just make it. Yeah. That's cool. Don't forget to sign up for the email list. Come to the next meeting. Check out Facebook. Check out Twitter. You know, I don't think we talked about the next meeting at all, did we? No, because we don't have anything for the next meeting yet. No, we don't have anything. I might. I don't think I'll be at the next meeting, actually. I have another conflict. Part of my networking, networking, networking. Well, I'll try to make sure I take a bunch of vitamin C before I... I <laughs> yeah, um, please keep your plague far away from me right now. I don't, don't want that at all. I'm good. Folded, uh, fixed whatever I had, so I'm, I'm in pretty good shape right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm seeing... Cure. I've got... I'm triple booked on the 12th, too. So there's the IGDA. Um, I'm going to see the Dum Dum Girls and Crocodiles at the Turf Club. And the, like, party for the Minnesota Venture Finance Conference is also on the same night. So somehow I'm going to have to make it to at least two of those. We'll see what happens. We'll have to simulcast. Yeah. I just realized I'm going to a concert 
that's going to end at bar close, and I have to be at a conference the next morning at 7 o'clock oh. in the morning. Uh. Bad day. That doesn't seem so bad. <laughs> I, need, <laughs> I need sleep. Yeah, that's how I knew I was sick this weekend, because I was going to bed at, at 9 or 10. Like, my body is not built to do that. If it's Don't you have a meeting right now? Yeah. I okay. Do. But he's not on. <laughs> oh. He's not around. Well, let's podcast away. <laughs> it's nothing but <laughs> gold. epic. Here we come. <laughs> Six months after. <laughs> Six months after, yeah. <laughs> The six-month wrap-up. Here we go. <laughs> now that we've had time to think about the E3... More news on the Amazon App Store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did. Um, I don't know if you saw my post from today, but part of the discussion we had last night with the community project was the idea of like a mini game jam. Yeah, I saw that. That actually um, sounded pretty awesome. And part of the problem with that is is like you know coordinating schedules and finding a good time and blah blah blah, right? Um, and also, like, announcing it. I don't know how good the the forum there is is for that. But, like, one of the ideas I'm bouncing around my head is maybe, like, make it a social combo, like, at the Chatterbox. If yeah, or, some, well, we don't have to do it at the Chatterbox, but, yeah. Like, well, the Chatterbox being a, only because it has that room that we can reserve and then, you know, we can have a social in there and people, like, game jamming at the same time. Something like that. Beer and game jams. Yeah. Um, that's the only thought, like as a potential. I don't know. I gotta. I, I think that at least for the core group, they all seemed interested. They all replied on the on the forum, but I'm not sure if anybody well, else. Well, yeah, I I think what I would do if I were you is I would pick a day um, that the chatterbox is available, and then just advertise the crap out of it, and assume you are also available, and um, just you know advertise the crap out of it. And I'm sure people will show up. Yeah. Be like, I'm having a party. Gotta do it. Well, I'm trying to get a couple of the <laughs> other people in the group to sort of, like... I mean, I had discussed this with you guys before, too, about loving the idea, but not necessarily wanting to be the, the master of it. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to get some other people to master it more so. But You, you, you need to be better at delegating. Have Bo do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do we have Bo do again? <laughs> well, dear listener, I hope to... Uh, <laughs> Singular. <laughs> hope to see you at the next meeting. Thanks, Mom. Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> Ryan, is it your parents? <laughs> it's, it's, I, I, I think it's me. <laughs> I'm my own audience. Yeah. I wake up at 3 in the morning and play it back so we get some YouTube hits or some uh, <laughs> some hits on iTunes. That's so funny. Uh, well, yeah, folks, thank you very much for listening, and we appreciate you sticking around and uh, yes, Yuri from you, and talk to you next month. Yes, thank you. Game over. Game over.
Game over, man. Game over, man.